Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Thursday Night Football on the way here at Silver 7's. So is VGK Hockey. Knights, Ottawa, just starting off. We'll get you updates when we can. There is a 77-cent beer special during all NFL games at Silver 7's. Bud Light, Bud, Michelob Ultra. If that's not enough, now that VGK is back, every VGK game, there's also 77-cent beers. So uh, that special starts now at 4 o'clock. But anytime you come down to the uh, Silver and Gold Bar or the Corona Cantina, the beers are 77 cents when... There's a Golden Knights game on or any NFL game on. So that's an incredible special. you got the William Hill Racing Sportsbook here, so you can open that mobile account. You can bet the games. You can bet in-game. That's real cool. Uh, line on the uh, Jets and the Colts is a very robust 10. Did you have a side on this one? Are you just staying out of it? What are you doing with the Jets and the Colts? I, like, I have a small lean towards your boys. Small, very, to cover, not to win. Right. They showed you enough life last week against the Bengals? Uh, the Mike White era has begun? No more no more double-digit spreads are safe? Not only that, I just think that the Colts may have showed themselves a little bit coming off a short week and and, and the disappointment setting in. I'm, I'm not necessarily fond of the passing defense. Um, the Jets have shown a little bit of life. Um, when they can move the ball, and I think that they may come out with a little vigor tonight. So, um, yeah, I like the, I like the Jets to cover the number. Dogs are five and three Thursday night football this week or this year. So, um, small, very small lean, nothing crazy. Uh, what I really like tonight is, which I told you before the show, is Louisiana against Georgia State. I think that they coming off a shutout win. Um, they've been at home. They, they've been just incredible at home. Um, and they've really, I mean, I think that they are so hungry to continue their dominating ways heading toward the end of the season and want to meet Coastal Carolina. Um, the way that Louisiana beat up uh, Appalachian State a few weeks ago. So I think that's the best play tonight overall of, of anything. Battled Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four, number five. So a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts going around Las Vegas and around these Raiders. And that includes the rest of the country looking in on the Henry Ruggs crash that resulted in the death of a local. And Tina Tintor, just 23 years old, was working over at a Target and was hit at 127 miles an hour on Rainbow near Spring Valley Parkway. One thing from a football standpoint, you can't, you know, you, you can't get caught up in this too much. I do like the job that everyone has done who's had to speak, and it's a very, it's a very challenging situation. Um, and now Rich Passacci has had to get through two of these situations. This one much more tragic than you know John Gruden doing himself in with some goofy emails for you know over the period of eight years. I, I saw some feedback by one fan to Clay and Heidi over on Raider Nation Radio 920. And the person said that Basachi has earned the full-time head coach role the way he's handled these two crises alone. Okay. 
He doesn't have to be an X's and O's guy. The DC and OC can handle that. I'm the first one to, you know, step up and go, hey, he's he's done a good job. We're going to see how they play this week. He's done a good job. But a lot more goes into this than just crisis management. Is that is it too mean? Is it too soon to say, let's, let's let the season play out. Let's examine what happens the rest of the way. Or are you convinced, hey, this guy's a head coach? Rich Passaccia has been the head coach in two football games. Let's not uh, – let's pump the brakes. Um, what I think that he has done – and what he will have proven to done uh, to 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 accomplish is that he's won over the locker room. And I think what he needs to do by the end of the season is to win over Mark Davis. That Mark Davis does not need a high-profile coach in this for this team in Las Vegas in this historic franchise, and that Rich Bisaccia has earned the right by the end of the season because he wins over the locker room and he's become a player's coach, which is what we heard at the beginning. How many players stepped up and said, we love Coach Passaccia, so on and so forth. Um, I agree with the, the part about letting his defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator do their job, um, allowing them to you know look in their eyes and, 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 and believing in that they know what they're doing and calling the schemes, calling the plays. Um, but I think more than anything, he's got to win over Mark Davis, that he's the right guy and that he doesn't have to go find himself a primetime guy, a big-name coach, and have that big-time you know, title, big-time name with the title under the headset to take over the franchise. Number four. Now, we've spoken about the reaction from around the country and also locally when people see quotes um, only talking about Henry Ruggs, uh, the victim has been spoken about a bunch by Passaccia and Greg Olson today and Derek Carr. But uh, I, I will tell you, the, the followers of Fox News on Twitter were not happy with Rich Passaccia, but it was because they only posted this part of a quote, quote, we love Henry Ruggs and we want him to know that. That was it. And then a story, and I doubt many people clicked on the story to read the rest of the quotes, but you can imagine the responses were very angry towards Rich Passaccia um, you know, along the lines of, hey, how about the poor woman who passed away? Right. But, so, but, but the entire quote, like, it's, it's a, just part of a quote in the headline. Which we just talked about. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to take the time since, since we're addressing this. But let's, so let's, let's read that quote because he said, we love Henry Ruggs and we want him to know that. I'm staring at the transcription from yesterday's opening statement. Yeah. That's smack dab in the middle. And I, we just got done talking about how, I had Derek Carr's quote in the middle of my story got moved to the top about Henry Ruggs. Rich Passaccia walked into the room and said, first of all, we want to express our sincere condolences to the victim's family. A person lost their life yesterday morning, and we think it's important to keep the focus on that as we talk about this tragic event. We're deeply saddened for everyone affected, especially the victim's family. That being said, we love Henry Ruggs and want him to know that. It's a terrible lapse in judgment of the most horrific kind. It's something that he will have to live with the rest of his life. The gravity of the situation is not lost on anyone here, and we understand and respect the loss of life. That is what Rich Passaccia said. The response is to just seeing, we love Henry Ruggs and we want him to know that, included, I don't give a crap that he's a former football player. They'll be able to see him during visitation. Another one, does he also love the girl he killed? Just read a little bit. Just click through and try 
And I know there's a lot of people out there like, well, why does the media send out the quote? It, it is not our responsibility in a headline to put an entire quote. It's not possible. If people are so concerned about, you know, jarring headlines, then click through and read stories. Read yes. multiple stories. See all that was said. All right, top three. Number three. Silver Sevens on a Thursday. So, you know, there's been some pretty harsh feedback when it comes to Henry Ruggs. You just saw it there on social media. Uh, Derek Hart, a lot to say. And this was another one of those quotes that got out there and, and you know, was uh, highly debated. Here's Derek Carr on Ruggs. Haven't reached out. I will always be here for him. That won't change, and I'll prove that over the course of time to him. Um, not to anybody else. He needs people to love him right now. Um, he's probably feeling a certain type of way about himself right now, and he needs to be loved. And uh, if no one else will do it, I'll do it. Uh, you heard Marcus Arroyo, UNLV football coach, on his coach's show last night. We were there, yep. and we threw him the question just in general about the situation, and um, he didn't pull any punches. There was not much sympathy for Henry Ruggs, like none, from Marcus Arroyo. What do you think of what he said? I thought it was... I thought it was a very strong statement. Um, he talked about he, having personal experience with losing yeah, people yeah. to drunk driving accidents. Yep. And basically, he's just done. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just, he, he, he can't see that side. I don't have any sympathy yep. for that. Um, and and he, was, he, was, he was emphatic about it. And yeah, I they, thought they had that, a player at Oregon that uh, was a victim of a, a drunk driver who was just 20 years old and passed away yeah. uh, about two years ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah, the, um, play-by-play man. Who, who, who's the host? Who's, who's uh, why am I? Um, what, Russ? Russ. Russ field. He said, "Hey, and Caleb." They said, "Before we get to the uh, get to the rebels, there's a situation, and how to use this, you know, in terms of your players and this." And then, and he came right out and said, "I, I can't have any sympathy um, whatsoever." And, uh, you know, well, you, it's, Willie, it's, the other part of this is sadly, and he sadly, this, sadly, and he did. Of course he did. Yeah. Sadly, this will be weaponized by other schools and they've because they've done this forever. Um, Vegas has a certain image. And when something like this happens, you could get negative recruiting against Vegas. And, and you know, Arroyo said even in the short time he's encountered that in short time recruiting to UNLV he's encountered that. And, you know, you just have conversations with people and explain that these things can happen anywhere. He's seen them happen and something related to it near it you know problems happen in almost every market he's coached in he mentioned even little laramie wyoming right yes and uh, in his hometown of uh, i think it's what colfax california um but yeah it's something that unlv has always had to deal with because which is because that negative recruiting is commonplace which is horrible to do to las vegas and to unlv and you know what to the little brother up north because of the state of Nevada, because of casinos and hotels and whatnot. And, and you know, they put out those lists every year, those those blog sites, fan sites of top 20 partying schools. I don't remember seeing UNLV on any of those. So, you know, let's, let's, let's not uh, start pointing fingers at colleges and, and taking a tragedy and... And by doing so, again, you're villainizing a school by making it about Henry Ruggs. This is about a young woman and her dog, Max, Tina O. Tintor, I will not stop saying her name, that lost their life. So it's, this, is, this is 
far beyond villainizing the Raiders and bringing sports to this town and the Golden Knights and UNLV and anything else that you want to try to slander about Las Vegas. And you had a fantastic uh, commentary yesterday. This is not about this city or this team or about that school. It is about an ongoing problem that when you and I were in high school and when MAD was first created, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, this is about not getting behind the wheel. It happens in every city in America. Number two. I think time and place right now is really important. Current circumstance is really important. When it comes to the Raiders and fortifying their receiving core, and I'm seeing way too many Raiders fans who are a bit kind of clueless to what's going on right now. Maybe they're not aware of the problems with the people we're talking about. But the Raiders have a choice. They can look for some young dudes to boost up like Dylan Stoner. They can look for other veterans who are available. Or they can go with big names like Odell Beckham, who may be available. Deshaun Jackson is. Why would the Raiders with what they're dealing with right now and going back to Gruden, bring Odell Beckham or Deshaun Jackson into their locker room. Well, it's funny you bring that up because we talked earlier about Jack Eichel. We talked about locker rooms. And I was I chatted with Vinny Bonsignor today. We were in the media room when we talked about Odell Beckham and bringing that character into the locker room and what it would make, what it would make sense with what this team has gone through. And Vinny said, you know, with what Beckham's going through, he's not sure that a lot of it falls on Beckham this time around as much as it does the Browns. Now, of course, his father tweets out that montage video and slams Baker Mayfield. But in general with this situation, how much of it is being created by the Browns? And by coming here with what the Raiders have preached all season in this bond and this brotherhood, a lot of it having to do with Gus Bradley um, in that maybe it would change his attitude. Now, I'm not saying go out and do it, but what I'm saying is I don't know how much negativity Beckham's going to do because the person that I compared it to, I said, wouldn't bringing a character like that, would it be the same as when they brought in Antonio Brown, a big ego receiver? And he said, no, it's a totally different situation, he felt. I think you're both wrong. I think Odell Beckham's a nightmare. I think anywhere he goes, he's going to have an issue with his quarterback. This is who he is now, and he's not good. That's the other thing. He's not He's not talented like he was. He's not as explosive as he was his first three years. That is a bad move, and Deshaun Jackson is even worse because he has even less in the tank, and they both have a history of being a distraction, needing to be coddled, being babies. Uh, you know, we have the situation with Odo Beckham, lack of common sense, sitting in a hotel room in Paris with what appears to be cocaine sitting next to Ah, Well, it wasn't me. It's just the lack of common sense. The NFL locker room, the NFL season, is so touch and go to screw it up with a guy who may not even be healthy enough to play is silly. And with Deshaun Jackson, forget about it. Deshaun, at this stage of his career, stop. I mean, the other thing is, is he? he's another guy. Is he going to go to social media? I mean, we just talked about ODB with his dad. Is, is Deshaun Jackson going to go to social media and make another – Mistake? I, I don't think it was. I think it's what he believed. But you remember, it was just a couple years ago that he's throwing all this anti-Semitical stuff out there. And had, you know, it was a big rage over that. It's like, why? Why do you need either guy? Why, do you, why would you want either guy? You just want people who are going to play, be part of the program. They're, neither one is good enough to take the risk 
with what they bring in terms of baggage. Neither one has grown up. They're, I actually, I think, frankly, both are kind of getting worse. And with the opportunity that presents itself, maybe Dylan Stroner's the right answer because he will play his butt off in this situation. Number one. All right, you got a new Golden Knight. He's not going to be on the ice for a while, and hopefully this next surgery goes well, and he's back sooner than later. But Jack Eichel, one of the young stars in this league, he's making big money, has a long-term contract. He's in the middle of the deal, wanted out from Buffalo. There was a difference between uh, different philosophy in terms of the surgeries you get between him and the organization. So now he's a Golden Knight. Golden Knights put together a hell of a package here to beat out the Calgary Flames. They are going for it. So for that, I admire it. I love, I know people are bothered by this, but I freaking love the cutthroat nature of this organization. Try to get better, try to get better, try to get better. That's awesome. But is the price they paid for a guy who does have an injury risk is Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs in a pick. Is it too much? Well, Golden Knights underway, by the way. They just got started. They're scoreless up in Ottawa. Um, no, because as we talked about earlier, I think that because of what you're putting on the line and because with what's at stake with this particular surgery, they had to have done their due diligence. This is almost, I would say, borderline, especially since you put so much on the line and cup and six mantra from Bill Foley. It's borderline a... a a make or break job, you know, deciding decision, right? I mean, you're 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 depleting. <laughs> Tuck was part of the yeah. the original misfits that went to the Stanley Cup. So I mean, you continue to make these decisions. And and DeBoer talked about this today on the press conference that we were on, in saying that that was part of the reason why he took the job when he was first courted by Kelly McCrimmon was that. These guys aren't afraid to make a move when they're going to make it. Since he's gotten there, the the, the likes of uh, Alex Petrangelo, Alec Martinez, the names that they have brought in, Robin Leonard, now Jack Eichel, right? And Justin Emerson from the Las Vegas Sun asked him that specifically, you know, these guys continue. He said, and that was one of the reasons he took this job because he knew he was coming into an organization that were going to take those chances. So I think that they had to do their due diligence, and I think that they're – 100% confidence, even though it's not 100% until February comes. On the way back, let's make some predictions about how the fans are going to react to this. They've been very sensitive to, uh, you know, longtime Golden Knights. Organization hasn't been around a long time, so that's kind of laughable. But the people they've fallen in love with, they've been uh, very delicate about those people going elsewhere. Eichel has a rep. You know, he. Uh, some people say he was uh, not the best for the locker room with the Sabres. So I wonder if everyone in the VGK fan base is going to welcome Jack Eichel with open arms. It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. Now Watt gets it back. Tuck out in front. He scores! A little two-touch off the blade of his stick and into the goal. Vegas on the board and now trailing 2-1. to one. Alex Tuck snaps the seven-game drought. What a pass from Nicholas Watt. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Ten minutes in, scoreless, Golden Knights and Ottawa, Jack Eichel trade day. So, with the injury situation, if you don't know about it, it's basically a beef between the Sabres and Team Eichel. And 
Eichel wants to get artificial disc replacement. It's never been done on an NHL player. The Sabres did not want that to be the surgery. And uh, so Eichel's been out. Kelly McCrimmon this morning said what? Basically they're comfortable with Team Eichel and what they think is best, right? They did. They said that they are they've um, they've spoken to to him, they've spoken to medical team and with what he wants to do. They're comfortable in letting him get his the get the surgery the way he wants. And that he he couldn't speculate. Somebody asked him if he could speculate how long it would take after the surgery to get to his peak form because he knows that he wanted to get back on the ice ASAP sometime this season. So Kelly said he could not, but that they were confident that, you know, once he did, that he would be perfect for this team and that he would get back to, you know, could he guarantee that he would be back to normal? No, but that they were confident he would. So. so it's interesting. The only guys left after Tuck goes bye-bye, Krebs went in the deal too, draft pick goes in the deal to the Sabres. The only Golden Misfits left, William Carrier, yep. Wild Bill, Marshy, Braden McNabb, Riley Smith, and Shea Theodore stays around. I think a lot of people thought, hey, if they were going to get Eichel, Theodore was going to have to go in the deal. How do you think fans will react? Are they going to be I, – I, I listen, I know the emotional tie – the flurry was freaking intense beyond anyone else on the team. I know there was a tie to Reeves as well. Like, are people going to look at Tuck and go, this is bull crap. They keep trading away our guys. No. Are we starting to get it here in the market that, you know, they are trying to improve? Now, you may not like the deal, and you may not like that, you know, Tuck was thrown in, but I just wonder if VGK fans are going to – because it, it seems like they're, they really take a lot of the moves personally. They and do. And like, it's just not the same old team. I don't want to root for these guys. Right. Well, welcome to the professional ranks because <laughs> – it won't be too long before this team is completely obliterated from that original, which it, it, in a sense it already is. The only thing that, you know, you, you mentioned it, you got, you got your misfit line, you got Carrier, um, and a couple of defensemen. So welcome to the big leagues because that's, that is just the way of the professional sports world where they do not operate that front office to cater to you fans. They operate it on what they believe is going to bring in a Stanley Cup. And if you think that because that first team got to the Stanley Cup that they're going to that, – that, well, why don't we just keep that team? They got to the Stanley Cup. They can do it again. No, they can't because adjustments are made. You learn how to defend them. Plus, contracts are up and salaries and people got to make more money. And, oh, by the way, Marc-Andre Fleury did so good that we'll extend him and pay him $7 million a year right the day after the that season ended. So it doesn't work that way. And I don't think that the – Fan revolt will occur about Alex Tuck because, number one, he wasn't on the ice to start the season. He's done, or he's had several injuries. The, the big story with Alex Tuck several years in a row was about how uh, he hadn't started a season with the team. The first year, he was actually in Chicago with the Wolves when the AHL team was there. Then he started injured the next two seasons. So it was like a big deal that, hey, you finally get to start the season with the team. So And he's gone through spurts of injury. And let's not forget, and I, Alex Tuck is a great dude. I just had a conversation with him in the press box the last home game. 
we, we, we chit-chatted bef- between periods. Great guy. He's going close to home. Parents live in Binghamton. He's from Syracuse. Loves a restaurant up there. I tweeted to him, hey, well, at least you get to go to Little Venice. Um, let's not forget that shot against Braden Holtby where he didn't lift the puck, and that could have changed the complexion of that Stanley Cup. Tuck has a wicked move. He's very fast, but his, his aim and his precision has been a little suspect. During his, he's he's still got a lot of improving to do, in which he he's never been shy in talking about that. You know, he wants to improve that, and and he comes in. He's a little wild. He misfires. So there's a lot of improvement to his game. Where Eichel, if he comes back 100 percent, or when he does to peak form, that he will be better than Tuck at that point. At the William Hill Race and Sportsbook, sign up for the mobile betting app and get $50 added to your account. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. All right, let's give away some tickets to the Vegas Golden Knights. Caller 7, 364-1100, Caller 7, caller 7, caller 7. These are VGK tickets coming up for the game. Actually, you know what? What are we giving away, Ari? Because I see VGK giveaway one pair and stones. So should we give away one now and one in a little bit? Yeah, I like that. Okay, let's do, do the uh, VGK giveaway. Caller 7, 364-1100, Upcoming game for the Golden Knights. Keep in mind, if you don't win the tickets, you can go up to lbsportsnetwork.com, use the code RADIO, and take advantage of the flight deck. The flight deck, ticket special, 160 apiece, but it's all you can eat and all you can drink. Get up to lbsportsnetwork.com for that one right now. Caller 7, Golden Knights tickets for an upcoming game. What's the score right now? Speaking of Golden Knights, five minutes left in the first period. Scoreless in Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa putting the pressure on Robin Leonard right now. I can't do play-by-play as good as the boys over on the uh, Golden Knights network. But under five minutes now. Still scoreless. Looks like they could use some offense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, come on. The, the handwriting's on the wall in this deal. The biggest problem with this team right now has been an over going back to last season on the power play. This is the power play fixer. It's not going to be the only thing that fixes the power play, but you know, when you watch them, you're like, my God, they need a top-notch center to set up these other guys. This ain't working. It wasn't working to start this year. You know what they need? They need an offense fixer, and maybe they need some decent sandwiches. You like what? how I did that? I don't know. It was a weird segue. Yeah. Um, I have no, What goes on in the uh, VGK they are media okay. room because yesterday was National Sandwich Day. Uh, Ari acted like he had a bunch of sand, and he'll be with us here in a second. Um, are they are they big on sandwiches? What, what do they do? So the first year they had the hot meals buffet style, like in, you know you go up to the chafing uh, dishes buffet, not a buffet, That's but, it. but we're but, we're out. No, it's all they, over. No, catered well, but you had your choice of what you wanted to eat. Okay. Um, then with the pandemic, obviously they had they the way that we were entering it was boxed meals, hot meals in a, in a you know temperature weathered container. Very good. It's a nice you know. touch. Uh, yeah, this year it's the exact same thing, but you got to pay for it. So I have brought 
Well, I have been bringing my meal prep. Now, that's, here's that's, the a, that's always where it ends up, and it's not because of the teams. It's because of you guys. Well, here, Maybe <laughs> not you, but because of the gluttonous brethren that we roll with. Um, well, there's just, out of just, town. Just too much. It's, Wait a minute. There's out of town, and they also, you know, the NFL, the NFL, the NHL officials go in there, the team, the the opposition. Do you, do, well, do you want, like I noticed you, you're, you, uh, you guys are – you're very uh, almost. Are you vigilant on at the owl, like watching who's eating? Like, do you look around as a media member and you're like, "What's this guy doing here?" Is no media. Who's that lady? No, because it, get no. your hands off the food. Because at the owl, it's because everybody's welcome. If you're if you're on that level, right where we're at for UNLV games, if you're on that level, then you get to go eat. Raiders games, it's it's free. UNLV, it's complimentary. Very nice. Um, now I will say this. Um, and I'm not going to because we're not going to bring up brand names, but there is there. Prior pandemic, you could go down to the concourse, and if you had your media pass, they looked at, they'd give you the employee discount oh, of, nice. of the arena. Oh, wow. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore, but there is one place that still honors that. Willie's When uh, the moon not... in the sky hits you like a big pizza pie. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Willie's very, he's very concerned about his meal intake because I think he, you're, on a, you're on a schedule. Well, you're on a schedule. You got to get your carbs. Intake. Yeah, you got to yeah, get your carbs. Intake. You know, and so he's he's watching it all the time. He's not he's not intermittently fasting. I don't think he's not having ten no. hour gaps between when he's eating, like no, myself. No. Um, so he's very concerned about the stuff. You know what today is? Speaking of which, wait, what happened? What happened to National Sandwich Day? That was yesterday. Okay, and we're we done already. About, no already cares about our sandwiches. sandwiches. All right, that's it. We're out. <laughs> no more. Now. Nobody what, cares about our sandwiches. I was holding Greg up. Some tickets. I'm uh, oh, okay. today is National Men Make Dinner Day. Yeah, I don't. Ooh. I'm I'm a little annoyed by this. Oh boy. Well, I think we're we're constantly in this morphing, um, the, the changing roles of genders. Oh. What do you mean? What do you mean? National Men Make a Meal Day. What do you mean? What do you mean a day? Well, I guess I. Who do, you think cooks, who do you think cooks in a lot of houses? Well, I know who cooks in my I house. Know, I know. Who cooks I know in who house. cooks in my house. When I know I, who cooks when, in mine most I, of the time. I know cook who cooked in my house when I was married. It was me. That was the agreement when I first met my wife, which was not Jordan's mom. Yeah. When I met my wife, her boy and my boy were at the Taekwondo studio, and the agreement was when she said, we need to get a house. We need to move in together. What do we need to do to live together? People, I said, okay. You know what one of the top stipulations was? I will never, I don't ever want to touch a stitch of clothing in the laundry room. I hate it. Oh, wow. I hate laundry. I hate folding clothes. I am every laundry meme and gift that you see on social media. I have a California king bed, and most of it is filled with clean laundry because I am lazy when it comes to folding laundry. But I will cook four, five, six course meals. I've seen them. Yes, sir. It's amazing stuff. I got some New York strips defrosted. I can't wait to get home tonight to watch the end of this. Yeah, but when you when, when you live by yourself, it, you really have to honor Nash, National Men Make Dinner Day. You it, it, that's well, every Steve, day for you. Well, Steve, when you have a also have an eight month old uh, puppy, right, that's part of the mix. Are you I, making some, something special for the dog? I cook for does, the dog. Does the dog get part of the strip? The dog gets meal prep. I didn't know meal prep. Sure. Wow. Yeah, when I drop him off, my cats don't get meal prep. When I drop him off right at now. the doggy daycare, yeah. he he has a container of kibble, so he gets the right dog nutrients, and he's got a container of wet food, but it's wet food I make, not out of a can. Kalua's got to get the right stuff. Look, Ari's chomping at the bit. Ari, what is your go-to sandwich so we don't leave you out? National Sandwich Day, come on, tell uh, us Ari, what's your go-to. Ari, sandwich. you know you know we have time for this tomorrow, so we're gonna get to it oh, tomorrow. We're not. I don't want to. I'm not cutting Brad Power short, so we're gonna yeah, go we're long. We'll get to your sandwich material tomorrow. I promise, 
Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Brad's up in less than 60 seconds. Another cool giveaway here as we got a caller seven for Rolling Stones tickets this weekend, November 6th at Allegiant. Caller 7, 364-1100, Get in price right now is over 100 bucks. so these are great tickets. Take advantage of it. Talk to Ari, 364-1100. Brad Powers is with us, college football expert at Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter. Brad, how you doing, buddy? Good job, Brad. Excellent. Thanks for having me on. Do you have a side on the Jets and the Colts? I didn't bet side or total. I ended up betting Mike White. I faded it after his passing performance last week. Went under 258 uh, and a half passing yards tonight on Mike White. All right. Uh, give me the Vegas take. Give me the Brad Powers take on the first Final Four that was released by the CFP and what the odds look like. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm always confused with the committee. I mean, what's the goal? Is it to get the four best teams or is it the four most deserving teams? And when they, you know, listed the first two, Georgia and Alabama, I thought originally, oh, I mean, they're going with the best teams. I mean, especially with Alabama at number two. And then, you know, you put Michigan State at three and Oregon at four, and then I just get I get confused because and we're doing best teams. Obviously, Oregon and Michigan State aren't in the top four. In fact, I mean, Michigan State's not even in the top 15. And a lot of people don't even have Oregon in their top 10 if you're doing a Vegas power rating. So, uh, I mean... Uh, if you're looking at potential point spreads, I mean, if the playoffs were to start and these were the matchups, you'd be looking at, you know, projected point spreads of, you know, Georgia a 17 and a half point favorite over Oregon and, you know, Alabama an 18 and a half point favorite over Michigan State. So, uh, not a lot of parity. Uh, for all the talk about parity this year, you wouldn't have them in the semifinal matchup. Talking to sportsbook people, it sounds like both Ohio State and Cincinnati would be ahead, maybe even Oklahoma would be ahead of. Uh, Michigan State for sure, right? Oh, know. absolutely. Uh, yeah, no question. Uh, I mean, and look, uh, I'm not a champion for the little guy. Uh, I'm just not because I'm more uh, – I want to see the best football being played. But the reality is Cincinnati would be uh, a favorite uh, over not only Michigan State but also Oregon as well. Obviously the third best team in the country if you're doing a Vegas power rating with the Buckeyes. There's a significant gap between – where I have Ohio State at three, and I actually have Oklahoma at four, but we're talking about a touchdown difference between those two. You know, I keep bringing up the fact with Cincinnati that they also just played a bowl game against Georgia, and they more than held their own and should have won the game. Have those teams changed that much where SEC donks can go out there and say, like, Cincinnati could never compete with the top teams in the SEC like they just did? Well, that's an excellent observation, and, and you know what? I'm, I think it's actually unfortunate that Cincinnati lost that game. I think there'd be a completely different perception about them had they hung on and won that game. I think people fail to realize because it was an early start game, uh, and not a lot of people probably didn't watch and paid attention to it. But Cincinnati was the better team for a majority of the game, probably should have won. They were actually very unlucky they didn't win the game. I just wonder you know, if they'd be in more in the mix had they won that game. You, you know, Georgia's been upgraded significantly. I mean, not only is Georgia number one in the AP poll, the playoffs, or Vegas power rating, but, I mean, they're one of the best teams in the country in ATS margins. So, you know, Cincinnati's probably a little bit better than last year. Georgia's significantly better than what they were a year ago. 
All right, let's start breaking down some of the games with the teams involved in the college football playoff. Does this Michigan State thing become moot uh, as they go on the road against Purdue? They're laying three. Do they uh, wind up just you know emotionally dumping and losing outright? You know, I wanted to bet it really bad. I mean, I circled Purdue. I'm like, I cannot wait to bet Purdue on Sunday morning after Michigan State pulled that win. And obviously fortunate. They were down 16, outplayed a majority of the game. And then, you know, it comes three. And that's right where I have it as far as a power rating goes. I, I certainly lean Purdue. It's a good spot to bet Purdue. Purdue has a you know past history of pulling these kinds of upsets. But, man, I, I just think the difference between the market today and what it was, say, 15, 20 years ago, Michigan State would have been laying a, a, a few extra points. And because they're not, I, I didn't make a big bet on the Boilers. Does Michigan respond well to what could be the dream killer? That said, they still control their own destiny. They can get into the mix. What happens against Indiana 20? I bet Michigan. Uh, I still lean that way, even though it's moved a couple of points. I mean, Indiana's going to be starting a true freshman, a quarterback first, you know, big-time road atmosphere at night in the big house. And, and let's face it, hardball. These are the games that he not only wins, but he covers, and he looks impressive. And it's why Michigan tends to get overrated when they head into the big games because they beat teams like this and beat them significantly. That's what I'm looking forward to on Saturday. Brad Powers is with us. Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter, bradpowersports.com. Um, we have some coaching situations where guys have lost their jobs or agreed to walk away. What happens now with TCU taking on Baylor plus 6.5? Yeah, that's an excellent question. People always ask me, is there, you know, is it, do you fade a team with an interim coach or do you, do, do you buy that team? And what I've seen in the past is it's right around 50 50. It's always, you know, it depends on the situation. Uh, in this one, it's not like I ran to the window to bet Baylor. Um, Baylor certainly has been impressive this year. They're six and two against the spread. They covered by about nine points per game. But the number, I think it's baked in the line at TCU. Not only struggling this year, but we'll be without Patterson, who you know calls a lot of the defensive plays. So I didn't make a bet here. I jumped out of the Big Ten. I want to jump back in for a second. Um, what do you think of these two games? Iowa minus twelve on the road against Northwestern, Wisconsin 13, 13 and a half at Rutgers. Well, the one that I thought there was more value is Iowa. I did bet Iowa on Sunday. Uh, I just think they're due for a bounce back after you know that they've been minus six in turnovers the last two games. I think they'll more resemble what Iowa was the first six games of the season. And Northwestern's been pathetic a majority of the season, so I do like Iowa there. I didn't bet Wisconsin. You know, I, I do like your Scarlet Knights. I mean, I've bet them quite a few times this year. Uh, they were one of my favorite plays last week. They won for me, so maybe I got a little bit of a soft spot for Rutgers. Not that I think there's value there, but I just I'm not running the window to bet the Badgers. What do you think since he does? You know, angry. You know, sitting on the outside looking in, and the CFP they're up to 23 and a half now against Tulsa. I'm gonna wait. I think I'm gonna end up betting Tulsa. I just think Cincinnati is getting a little expensive. They've been expensive the last couple of games. Didn't cover, added pressure. Uh, game day's there, so they're going to be excited. But I just think it's too, too many points to be laying against this Tulsa team. Can Navy compete with Notre Dame? 21. Uh, 21's about right. Where I did bet, it was my favorite total play and bet of the week. I went over. If you look at past history, and past history is relevant in this matchup. Why? Because you have the same two head coaches in the last 10 meetings. They've averaged a total of 64 points per game the last 10 meetings. Overs 9-1 of this number. The only game that went under was played in bad weather, wind and rain a couple years ago. So I like over 47.5 Notre Dame Navy. Did you do anything with Kentucky and Tennessee, which is a pick, one point either way? 
there's always a game or two where, you know, I, I, I like to boast, oh, I got this number, I got that number. This is one where I, I missed the boat. I, I didn't get to the Tennessee uh, action like I should have. Uh, I mean, all the money, and it seems like everybody in the world's on the volunteers. I get it. They're off a bye. They've been playing really well prior to the bye. Kentucky, I think, is overrated, but my number is now. I, I can't chase the money now. It's, you know, where the line should, should have been at the open. Is Georgia really 39 points better than Missouri? Now, my power ratings say so. Uh, I wow. mean, I, I just got that. You know, Georgia's one of the best ATS margin teams in the country. And, and this is remarkable. This is one of the longest losing streaks in college football history. And it's Missouri against the spread. The Tigers have failed to cover in 11 straight games now. And it hasn't been close. I mean, you're talking right around 11 points per game. They're falling short of expectation. They're going to have a backup quarterback, possibly. So, yeah, I think Georgia dominates Missouri. Brad Powers at Brad Power 7 up on Twitter. BradPowerSports.com is where you can find him on the web. So Mountain West action. Hey, you know, before we get to that, um, are we talking about a record number here with Alabama and LSU at 28-and-a-half? Uh, it was getting up there the, the, last year when the two teams played uh, as far as, you know, Alabama being favored by this kind of margin. i got to be honest with you, I'd rather lay it, certainly. I mean, LSU was so banged up they couldn't even practice a few days last week. And, you know, Nick – I don't know about you, but I think Nick Saban's the type of guy that will hold a grudge, especially what Orgeron said the last time LSU was in Tuscaloosa. I think the Tide could win by 35. Brad, about an hour ago, Cal playing 12 to Arizona. They say multiple players are in COVID uh, protocol. Lines down to 10.5, 10 even some places. But Arizona's so bad. Arizona's bad, but they've covered point spreads the last couple weeks as a double-digit underdog against Washington and against USC. They've been competitive. So when that news is breaking, I can tell you I did make a bet on Arizona, and I think anything above 10 is worth a bet on the Wildcats. Nothing big, but definitely betting that information. All right, how about close to home? High drama, UNLV (laughs) on the road, winless. Actually opened as just a one-point dog, New Mexico. Uh, at home is now up to one and a half, two. Are they going to get their first win? You know what, I think so. I, I mean, UNLV's winless, but they played a much more difficult schedule than what New Mexico has. And kudos to New Mexico. They got their best performance in the season prior to their bye, an outright upset over Wyoming, but Wyoming's playing terrible last four or five games. So I didn't upgrade New Mexico too much off of that performance. They've only covered one game. That was it. <laughs> their only cover of the season, so... I do think the Rebels get their first win under Marcus Arroyo. Uh, one more Mountain West spot. Fresno, five against Boise. Fresno doesn't sell out their place very often, but I think they're pretty damn close to a sellout, too. Yeah, five I think is a fair number. I mean, I thought Boise State played pretty well last week, especially rallying from that halftime deficit against Colorado State, Fresno State. I mean, they played a couple of big games the last two weeks. Nevada, San Diego State, I mean, how many times can you keep getting back up uh, for some of the bigger opponents in the Mountain West? So, Five's fair. What I did that was under. I think it's you know kind of a back and forth game, but I don't think either team's defense gets enough credit. You think offense with both teams, you know, defenses are capable of making some stops. So that's why I bet under. All right, Brad. We appreciate it. CFP is here. I love it. I I love comparing the Vegas numbers. We're gonna have a lot of fun the next few weeks. Thanks, man. Thanks, Brad. Hey, thanks for having me on. Take care. There he is, Brad Powers, at Brad Powers Seven, up on Twitter, and he does tweet out his tickets often. And, you know, he loses just like the rest of us. But uh, he's been dynamite over the years, and he's top-notch research guy coming out from the uh, the Phil Steele 
magazine, and he's been in a bunch of contests. To me, that's the ultimate proving ground. If you go in these contests around town, you compete against the best, yeah. and you're having years where you can post 64, 65, 67%. There was a, there was a, a contest a couple of years ago, the Golden Nugget with Tony Miller. Oh, my God. It was crazy. All right, we'll get on down here. 77 cent beers are going down for the Knights and Ottawa. And a one. Zero, zero. There you go. Thanks, Willie. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. Uh, all NFL games, including Thursday night football with the Jets and the Colts. Bud Light, Bud, Mick Ultra, bottles for 77 cents. Corner of Flamingo and Paradise. We'll see you.